Hello and welcome to Episode Party. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are joined by Malia Pollitzer. Hello, Malia. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. This is a real pleasure. Uh, Jack, let's not mess about. It's your recommendation up first this week. So hit it. Tell us what it is and what you like about it. Sure. So my recommendation is a podcast called Bodies, which is a show on KCRW presented by Alison Berenger. And it describes itself as exploring the mysteries of our bodies. And so the episodes tend to start, at least with my experience currently listening to it, I think I've listened to about three episodes, start from the perspective of someone who's having some kind of experience with their their body or their state of mind that they find difficult to to categorize or or, or really they don't know what's going on with them there so it kind of defies their understanding and you're placed inside this person's experience uh, as they slowly kind of come to terms with what's going on uh where they seek medical advice and and it has this accumulating aspect in the first half of getting to a point where they 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 understand what's happening and then it seems to me that the second half of this podcast tends to focus on whatever it is that the person discovers is going on and also a bit more about that particular thing, whatever it is. So in the case of the episode that I recommended, and I was debating whether or not to do the big reveal as I talk about it, but I think it's kind of important in order to actually describe the podcast properly. But it focuses on uh, a woman called Reese Piper, who's also a writer and a stripper. And she talks in the first half about having very little control over her life in terms of organization finding herself having to as a child generate these imaginary worlds where she can be brave and and feel like she's on top of things but she talks about the fact that she takes an internship when she's uh you know at somewhere um writing internship and just struggles to keep up to date with the deadlines but she talks about the fact that she makes money on the uh, to makes money to fund herself by being a stripper and this is somewhere where she actually finds herself to be quite comfortable and then it gets to a point where she finds out uh, that she has autism and the second half of the podcast is about the fact that she initially about her, her self-diagnosis and then about a lot of the biases uh, around gender a lot of the time around diagnosing autism because the stereotypical image uh, according to this podcast of someone who has autism is based on the symptoms expressed within someone who's male. And it's a, I, I thought it was fascinating, firstly, for going so deep into someone's personal experience, and I think in a way which felt incredibly intimate. I mean, the host, Alison, spends a lot of time with Reese. She goes into her job and sees her at the strip club. She has these very intimate uh, interviews with her where Reese is clearly at a state where she feels very relaxed and very open with Alison. But also the second half has this zooming out quality, which I think is also very vital for understanding the issue as a whole, and certainly illuminated a lot of things that I don't really 
really think about too much around you know these kind of biases that can uh, exist within something as seemingly cold and neutral as, as medical diagnosis so it's it's a great podcast and i've enjoyed the other two episodes that i listened to there is definitely a, a feminine focus which means there is clearly like an aspect of empathy which i'm never going to be able to have but i think the the tone of the podcast and the topics that it's approaching i think is is no doubt very important and no doubt resonates with a lot of people who do go through these experiences uh freddie what did you think yeah i really really enjoyed this actually and um it's kind of on my list to check out more episodes i enjoyed um the kind of format that it it starts as a mystery Mm. it doesn't go in by kind of talking about the diagnosis or definition of what this person's experiencing in medical terms or psychological terms It, it goes in with what this person experiences uh, from the beginning, perhaps, or what they experience before they fully understand uh, the situation they're in. And I, I, I mean, that one, I think, is a, a really kind of uh, humanistic way of maybe presenting the issue, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you if you go in and you say, uh, this person has autism, you know, the, the, there are certain stereotypes and things that, you know, it's, it's well discussed within the show itself, but that you, you might apply to that person. But it's really interesting to hear from from a perspective of starting off as 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 not being sure what, what why why they're they're struggling with certain day to day things or you know executive functioning or anything like that. Um, so for, to me, that feels quite respectful. Um, but on the other side of that, I think it also makes for a more engaging narrative. And you know, it's certainly yeah. uh, you know really really got my attention and and really really had me listening because uh, not that I you know want to be diagnosing anyone because i am by no means a qualified doctor of any kind but i i did find myself thinking oh, okay well what's this person experiencing and how you know how how do you know i relate to that or how do what people i know relate to that and you know what what what's going on in their lives and and it, and it had me thinking along those lines and and it was it was a lovely reveal and i just felt like the way that it kind of the whole um the whole thing exposed itself over time was super super interesting yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed how Reese came to terms with with what she was experiencing, and mm. uh, also kind of you know what her plans were going forward, what her like next steps were. Because I think you know it would be easy to resolve that show at bam diagnosis and that's it. But it was more. I, I guess what helped, you know, what what maybe influenced that is the fact that she at that point didn't have like a formal diagnosis. But yeah. I also felt that it was really interesting that, that, that they looked at it from a, a quite a positive perspective in terms of what's happening now with Reese. You know, how's she doing now? What's what's happening in her future? What what does she think the future holds for her? And I thought that was a really really nice way of of um, putting together a show like this. It, you know, it, it didn't feel pitying. It didn't feel stereotypical. It felt uh, you know very personal but also i suppose quite positive so i really really enjoyed it i thought it was it was really good i had not heard of the podcast before um and like i say I, i'm i'm really intrigued to dive into um some of the other episodes wicked malia what do you think yeah i was really glad that you recommended this actually this this is a podcast series that's been recommended on peaked a couple of times and i've been meaning to check it out but mm. i hadn't had the chance to listen to it yet so after listening to this episode I liked it so much that I actually binged the whole thing. Oh, wow. To all the episodes now <laughs> since you recommended it. And I'm glad I did because I think that um, while the, each of them stand alone really well, I think that that if you do listen to everything from start to finish, 
it provides a much richer context. Right. Uh, mm. Because really what it seems what this producer was really trying to do in, in the mystery, I mean, she started this whole series based on her own medical mystery, right? Which is the first episode, which we was talking about having very painful sex and trying to uh, go to gynecologist after gynecologist and not having her concerns and pain dismissed. And mm. so based on that kind of created this larger uh, investigation kind of episode by episode into different mysteries about women's bodies specifically and why women's issues or women's body issues aren't taken as seriously by the medical industry. Mm. And so in that context, I, I, I guess I could relate to it to an extent just because I think that, you know, if you look at medical studies, like with this one with autism, right, how, how many studies have we heard about on female autism. It's not even something that I've really heard very much about at all. Mm. Right. And, um, I thought that the way that she approaches that both very personally, but there's this larger macro narrative about women's experiences with their bodies and how, uh, difficult it can be for women to get those issues to be properly diagnosed and, and paid attention to by the medical establishment and members with, with authority, right? Yeah. Um, and and mm-hmm. so maybe they wouldn't identify it in themselves because of that. So I think that she does a really good job through the arc of that series of really taking this larger issue and making it very, very personal through this narrative. And I thought that Reese's story played very well into that larger arc in a really profound and, and really beautiful way. And mm-hmm. um, the other episodes, I think are really worth listening to looking at all all of these different aspects of really a woman's body and and different challenges women can have in getting that recognized like what the, even identifying their own their own challenges because of that larger issue so i that was what i kind of appreciated I appreciated both the episode but i liked it even more once i listened to the other episodes yeah i definitely get the sense that i kind of screwed up in the way that i've listened to this which is to basically hop around within the series where actually I listened to the last episode just the other day and she made reference to the fact that there is a continuity to the series which probably I imagine makes that last episode a lot more profound to be returning full circle is that the experience you got listening through the the entire thing to land at that last one. Well, what I, what I liked about it is that I think that each episode does stand alone very well. Mm-hmm. So you mm. can, like you did, you, you you said that you listened to this one episode and you liked it, and that's why you recommended it. So you can do that. Yeah. Um, I do think that listening to it from start to finish gives it more depth because you have the context of of her journey to this issue, mm. and also some more background on the larger issue that this speaks to. But I don't think that it needs to be any specific order. I mean, I think that listening, maybe the first one first, and then any of the other ones you'd be interested in listening to. Yeah. But I think it's a really important topic and not one that I've heard addressed in other podcasts in any really concentrated way, you know? So I thought that I appreciated, uh, also I thought it was very brave of her to start, I mean, I know you haven't listened to the first episode, but starting with her own challenge, which is what brought this entire episode, I mean, this entire series about, mm-hmm. and it, making it such a personal one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't be more personal than, than pain during sex, talking about your sex life on the radio. Right, but yeah. that became a bridge to her asking these larger questions about other issues that other women are facing that are also not being recognized and maybe aren't, uh, aren't being diagnosed. 
and mm. what that means. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I thought that I was very impressed by her storytelling. I thought that, like you said, her ability to get people to open up to her, which isn't always easy, and mm. to do that on on the radio um, or you know on a recording. I just have a lot of respect for her as a producer and as a reporter and just an empathetic human being. Yeah, mm. I, I think the certainly the first half of these episodes seems to highlight to me and uh, something that I found at times quite hard to listen to is the, the 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 amount of shame that you hear these people recounting in the sense that they experience. You know, I, I slightly listened to one on bleeding, which is about a woman who has these incredibly like painful and and, and quite pronounced periods and obviously it's something that she does her absolute utmost to keep to herself and therefore doesn't know whether it's something that you know she she should be experiencing like as a woman or 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 whether it's something that actually she should be getting looked at and there's this real tension in the first part of these podcasts where you feel someone kind of second guessing themselves which is it's really hard listening it's really difficult but um I think the, the the as you've both said the way that it approaches the topic from that angle does mean that you have the sense of empathy as they reach the point where they finally come to terms with it but it's shrouded in this sort of anxiety and un- unknowing to begin with let's go to our second recommendation and that's yours Malia if you'd like to tell us your name of your podcast and then a little bit about why you've recommended it yeah, so I actually think that this next one follows quite well from your recommendation. So I recommended uh, a podcast called Code Switch, which is produced by N- National Public Radio in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a podcast, or sorry, a radio show and podcast, they have both, but that's basically looking at issues of race, culture, and identity. And the reason why I like it is because, well, first of all, I think that it's successful on a number of levels. They address this issue of the diversity gap in radio by making sure, first of all, by addressing this issue in the first place, and all of their producers are are people of color and immigrants and people who can really speak kind of authoritatively about these issues mm. <laughs> and experts. Um, and they're also very, very deeply reported episodes. Mm. Um, so they'll take kind of a... Um, even something that seems really stupid, like I've, I've listened to episodes, there's an episode about dogs and can dogs be racist, which seems like such a stupid question in a way, but the way that they go about these kind of questions and the depth that they go into these issues and, and kind of connecting these issues to kind of this historical legacy that you see in the United States and, and even other parts of the world, I think they just do a really great job. Uh, so the episode that I recommended is a very geeky episode. It's not necessarily the most uh, approachable one of all of the, the episodes they produce, but it's called Location, Location, Location. And I picked it because I think that um, in the U.S., where you live is really, really important. Um, it, it kind of determines like where your kids go to school, um, the quality of education that they're going to get, because in the United States, how well a school is funded is determined by property values because they're paid for by property taxes. So if you live in a wealthier area, your kid's going to get better education than if you live in a poor area. And um, they divided this this episode into kind of three different sections, and it was um, produced on the 50th anniversary of the Fair Housing Act, which was kind of one of the the last big kind of civil rights legislations in the United States, which was supposed to end kind of discrimination against, well, really 
ending this practice, which is called redlining, which is basically banks and loans and all of that would, would be able to deny services to people who are black or, or whoever, who are based on race. So, so if mm-hmm. a landlord said, I don't want to rent this to you because you're black, that would be okay before. A mortgage or a bank would say, I don't want to give you a mortgage, that would be okay before. And so hypothetically, um, the Fair Housing Act ended legally ended that like no longer was that legal but what they what they went into is is basically showing how even 50 years later a lot of these red line areas that used to be redlined where where entire neighborhoods would be denied services that you really see particularly in the north which is interesting because that's again very counterintuitive like you think that in the south where there was this history of slavery in the united states you'd see a lot more segregation but what they showed was actually redlining was much more established in the north because they didn't have all those Jim Crow laws. Yeah. And therefore people found different clever ways to make sure that their kids, like if they're white, wouldn't be going to school with a with an African American kid. And that's kind of where this redlining practice started. And they found that, you know, 50 years later a lot of these neighborhoods are still essentially redlined without the law. (laughs) And then they went really in depth into exactly, I mean, how, how that kind of happened and, and really, you know, we hear about this cycle of poverty cycle of this cycle of that, but they explained how that happens in, in kind of detail. And so the first section was really looking at, you know, the red line, the history of redlining, the fair housing act, um, on the macro level. And then in the second part, they actually went to one of the areas where you really see that, which ironically, they also mentioned that, that of course, you know, everyone knows who Martin Luther King is, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> there are now something like 955 streets named after King in 41 states, D.C. and Puerto Rico. And mm. um, all of those areas tend to also demarcate areas that, you know, that have this street that, that are essentially redlined, <laughs> that right. are essentially yeah. segregated, yeah. where there's a lot of, a lot of poverty and where, you know, property values are much lower, where kids have a much less opportunity to to get out of poverty. And so they went to one of those places and kind of reported on the ground about what it was like living there and some of the experiences in terms of just over-policing and whatnot. And then the last section was um, just showing how even today, with, that, with the, the Fair Housing Act in play, people are still able to find clever ways to ensure that segregation con- continues. Mm-hmm. On so I just thought that that I mean it was a little bit geeky, a little bit nerdy because they went quite <laughs> into the nitty gritty of of this legislation. But I thought they did a really neat job of connecting history to um, a lot of the inequality and, and racism that that we continue to experience in the United States today. Yeah, I. I feel like I had to listen to this. I think I listened to this one twice and I feel like I need to listen to it again because it's this kind of intense hit of, of so much information and there's so much depth to the reporting and, and, and to the and to the kind of level of the story that they cover. Um, it's really, really brilliant. Um, I feel like I learned a lot, but I feel like I, simil- at the same time, I feel like I've missed out so much because my, my head was kind of... Um, 
was kind of spinning with with uh, with with how much they they covered off in such a short period and uh you know it's it's generally on issues that i don't know a, a, gr- a great deal about um so you know i'm kind of coming at it almost for the first time at least at this depth anyway um but it, it's it's a fantastic fantastic show um it's you know i think you, you picked up on at the beginning that all of the all of the staff and the, the hosts are, are people of color or from a minority ethnic background and i think that's really great because i feel like they they, they talk with with some kind of authenticity and, and some kind of weight to, to what they're saying and they perhaps have an understanding of it that i, I definitely don't and i i think you know, it, it just comes across uh, as this kind of brilliantly, like, deep and interesting show. And I think that is the thing that I, I should probably point out here that usually that my my kind of my you know my brain doesn't doesn't cope with with getting this much new information at the, in one hit. But actually, <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so so interesting that I I felt like I paid attention fully the whole time which is i, I don't know it, it is a big compliment because i'm like i yeah i'm I, i'm easily distracted and i feel like the you know that that's testament to the show that they can take something as specific as 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 the issue of location and how that plays into um you know race and identity and and you know how all of all of the kind of politics behind that and all of the history behind that and how that plays into discrimination and and make it such an interesting and fascinating thing while also being like infinitely detailed i mean there's so many ways you could tackle a subject like this you could take you know the experiences of one person who's been affected by a lot of this and and you know almost exclusively talk to them throughout the whole podcast and you know you could you could go over the history on, on a very kind of light touch level and uh, none of that happens it's all detailed and it's you know, there's there's so much to take in, but I think they do a fantastic job of making it a really, really engaging show. And I've I've, I've listened to a few more episodes since then. Um, I listened to the the most recent one on the on the census and the, the the question in the census that's contested, and I found that really really interesting as well. And um, you know, uh, yeah, I I think it, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, it is a an information packed one and it certainly i understand freddie where you said you listened through it twice there was i think one moment where i just i think it was during the second part that i momentarily sort of lost what was being talked about and there was a bit of detail that kind of snowballed past very quickly but at the same time i thought the rest of it felt incredibly salient considering how much I think complication they were packing in. I mean, it seemed to me to be about a subject that is inherently complicated, like the way in which, I mean, effectively, racism manifests through these decisions that, when taken in isolation, don't seem to have any kind of racial component within them. And for these stories to extra- extrapolate out to actually the racial implications which are present i thought was i mean it took a, a lot of explaining and which is in a way quite sinister because you realize that this is how easily these things just kind of roll into view and become a thing because they don't feel like overtly uh, racist pieces of legislature or architecture yeah i thought it was fantastic i thought the uh, array of voices that were spoken to throughout the episode was great people being directly affected people able to comment from that more macro level as well and yeah i think it's interesting actually that you say that's a good follow-on from 
from bodies because I, I suppose in the sense that it centers on these uh, components of society, say in the case of bodies like medical diagnosis, and in the case of code switch, I don't know, town planning or something like that, or, you know, the kind of legislation that comes from the state that feels inherently almost mundane, unbiased and neutral, but has these ramifications which which really do burrow themselves into people's lives. I thought that was really, really interesting. And, and, and like Freddie, I have listened to uh, a few more as well. It's, it's kind of surprising me that I have because I, I think I get so much kind of America-centric podcasts and news that just comes into me through some form of osmosis. You know, I don't even need to consciously go for it. But this is one that I think I would listen to in order to bring a different perspective into my life that I could probably do more with. Because I, I think you do end up, if you listen to a certain crop of American-centred kind of news and politics podcasts, particularly if you're in my wheelhouse and probably getting the same podcast recommendations as I do, you end up with some very similar perspectives, some very similar voices. And uh, often, a lot of the time, the same kind of people coming to those, you know, bringing those stories forth. So, uh, yeah, I thought Code Switch was great. Um, I will definitely be subscribing and listening to some some more, I think. I'm impressed because this was definitely not the most accessible episode. <laughs> I felt a little bit bad for you guys after I recommended it. I even thought, well, maybe should I pick a different one because this one's really... <laughs> really into the nitty into the reeds of housing in the united states but i thought it it spoke to the larger issues quite articulately so i mm. ultimately decided to stick with it right well we've had quite two quite uh podcasts that focus on serious issues so it's only right in the tradition of episode party that i come in with something uh completely different uh <laughs> and, and that's my recommendation which is a podcast called every little thing so it's from the uh the gimlet media house of podcasting um and it's a show that I, i've heard kind of uh picked up on, on on lots of other shows and and reference they do a fantastic job of advertising uh other gimlet shows on on, on across the gimlet network so he, these things kind of just tend to seep into the back of your head every now and then and then they kind of bother you until you listen to them which i suppose is exactly what they're intended to do um and every every little thing is a podcast that i'm gonna have a lot of trouble describing because you you can't categorize it as one specific thing i mean the format is is pretty much the same across every episode it starts with a listener question and that's basically where the similarities end apart from the fact that uh, the listener question always gets answered in uh, an impressively satisfying way i guess and the episode that i chose um i think we we could have listened to any of them and i think they all have a similar effect certainly for me anyway but the episode that i chose was on the cha-cha slide because i'd just been to a wedding i think when i listened to this and have uh, hazy memories of drunkenly <laughs> dancing to this song um and i think the the teaser that i got on my podcast app on overcast uh, mentioned the fact that there is a cha-cha slide part one which is something that has always intrigued me during the intro of that song <laughs> and i've quickly forgotten about it because i'm too busy sliding to the left or crisscrossing or whatever but uh <laughs> having that uh tease to me at the beginning of the show guaranteed that i was going to listen the whole way through and i just think it's a lovely 
a lovely show i mean it, it, i don't know if i need to know the origins of 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 this of this song or this dance um and I, I don't know if i need to know the answers to many of the questions that are covered on every little thing but i always feel quite satisfied getting to the end of an episode and and learning about something that is ultimately quite often not particularly helpful in my life but <laughs> is is fun to listen to all, all the same and i think they just do a fantastic job of you know tracking down the people behind you know that can really give the answers that have authority on the answers in, in which case th- this was you know willie perry jr the aka dj casper of the cha-cha slide and the story behind that and then uh, there was this wonderful cameo from bbc radio one host scott mills um <laughs> who uh apparently is the reason why this song is now so popular which i didn't know no and uh really really enjoyed that too and I, yeah i i don't i don't know how to how else to kind of articulate my love for this show other than to say i think they just do a fantastic job of answering these kind of oddball questions at times and and providing a, a kind of well-researched and well-produced answer that's that's where i'm at with it um maybe one of you can articulate this far better than i can <laughs> Well, I remember listening to Every Little Thing when it first came out and not really knowing what it was driving at. So it's really cool to come back in now and I feel like it's now entered its stride. I don't think it actually, when it started, it was centred on listener questions at all. I mean, I think the first episode was on eclipse chasers, so people who go around the world in order to get different views on seeing the solar eclipse and absolutely loving it. So that almost felt... Not serious necessarily, but it felt quite exploratory in a, I don't know, in in, in a deeper way than the podcast now centres itself on, which is these adjectives are not fair, but light and fluffy. You know, if you do an episode called Is Eggnog the Only Nog or something like that, then you know (laughs) what you're driving at really, don't you? Or what is that bubblegum flavour? But I mean, I think on the basis of the titles on, on, on knowing not much about it, I think it feels like it has the potential to be something incredibly throwaway. And Mm. it's not because Flora Lichtman is there. And Flora is just the best host. And I think she imbues this podcast with the sense that it's awesome to be interested in things regardless of what it is. And Mm. actually you can draw out a really fascinating experience by just pausing to focus on anything for long enough and questioning it and questioning it and it's fun it's fun to just you know pluck something out the air and say well what's the story behind this and to kind of follow those uh flights of curiosity that often just appear in daydreams and fizzle out before you've had the time to think about them so obviously this cha-cha slide one you know, it might be something that I think of in a flash and go, is there a part one? And then go, anyway, I should be working and then carry on, you know, with whatever I'm doing. Um, same with one that I listened to yesterday, which was uh, about auctioneers and why they talk like they do in that one, two, 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 three, 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 and all that, you know, business, that fast talking business, which... I've always thought about, but never cared enough to to go for the answer. But I'm so glad that it was put on a plate for me in the form of the podcast because I had the best time. I really laughed quite hard as uh, Flora got on an actual expert auctioneer to sort of explain his techniques and and and, and to dig down into why they why they talk like that. 
it's knowledge that's never going to come in handy unless I steer the conversation in the direction of auctioneers myself. But I had a lovely time listening to it. I think her questions are ridiculous a lot of the time and they bring like a real kind of cheeky sense of humour to the whole thing. And I'm always happy to dive in if I feel like I need something that's a little more lighthearted and and friendly and warm. Um, Malia, what do you think? Yeah, this is the first time I've listened to an Every Little Thing episode. And um, it kind of reminds me of the types of questions that kids (laughs) ask, you know, like ask questions that you can't possibly answer, that you have no idea what the answer to might be. And they really dive in to finding out the the real answer behind it, which I thought was really... And the, the questions are very charming, right? They're mm-hmm. like... The, I, I personally had never heard of the cha-cha fly. <laughs> I just had been to a <laughs> wedding in a really long time. So I, <laughs> I missed that entirely. Not the first time I've missed like a very important cultural reference. That <laughs> no, it's kind of the story of my life. But so it was kind of oh, I I didn't know this was a thing for weddings. Oh, okay. So so I kind of missed maybe um, some of the excitement of the answer since it was a new song for me. <laughs> but I did like the approach that they took, and it's very playful, kind of fun, and I like. It's kind of like a, a fun little Wikipedia for kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Except for an audio version is how I felt when I was listening to it. Um, and I thought it was quite charming to, to hear that. Uh, what's the name of the guy who did it? With DJ Casper, uh, right? I should probably know who yeah. he is, too. So this, again, <laughs> shows that I'm not <laughs> culturally <laughs> DJ Casper uh, originally did that for his nephew. I thought that was really yeah. And charming, mm. and I, I like that they got in touch with the nephew and had that. That's how they introduced the story, um, as opposed to showing the song and then deconstructing it. I thought it was a charming way of approaching the subject. So I, I thought it was very sweet. I enjoyed it. Great. I mean, I think you're maybe one of the only people I know, and perhaps only Jack knows, that will be introduced to the Cha Cha Slide not through the medium of being at someone's wedding and being pulled onto the dance floor and and dancing to it so in some ways you're rather lucky i think um but i'm I'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you found it charming i think yeah i think that does sum up the show as a a whole yeah it's not i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to downplay it because i think it's a great show i just i don't it's you know when you (laughs) come when you when we come off the back of talking about bodies and about code switch you're not quite getting the same level of um of knowledge from every little thing but you're right it's it's just a charming show yeah well sometimes you need that sort of thing right Mm. i mean you can't always listen to heavy reporting about like zoning laws, like that's not something <laughs> you're always going to want to listen to. Maybe after it's for me, every little thing is when you come down, you know, come home from work after a long day, you're kind of tired and you feel like putting something on while you're making dinner. Yeah, something that's entertaining and interesting. Like I could see myself putting on every little thing. Yeah, oh, sure. I listened to it directly after Code Switch, and I was exhausted. <laughs> just needed to uh to you kind of rinse out the uh cognitive load there but um yeah i mean i'm intrigued what you you think malia i mean we should say you are um executive editor at peaked which is a podcast recommendation platform 
where experts recommend podcasts to the general public. It's a really lovely way for people to come into new podcasts. But uh, I mean, you must uh, have had an eye on you know what Gimlet's been doing and 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 seen the fact that obviously they've been introducing more and more podcasts i mean do you connect much with their kind of podcasting output uh, do you listen to many gimlet yeah, shows yeah we, we get quite a lot so basically the the peaked model is uh essentially we have a, a list of kind of official peakers who are from all around the world uh from more than i think we've, at this point we have more than 30 different countries represented and people write reviews of different podcasts that they listen to. They can be episodes or they can be entire series. And we kind of set it up that way. So there's more diversity, right? So because, Mm. I mean, obviously one of the big issues, one of the big problems right now in podcast discovery is there isn't really a great way to discover podcasts, which is probably why Peaked exists, why your podcast exists, because <laughs> a lot of the, the, there's so many great new producers who are creating great content, but then if they're not associated with one of the really well-established podcast production companies, how are you going to find them? Yeah. So um, I do keep track of Gimlet and people do recommend the Gimlet episodes. And I think someone even did recommend an episode of, of every little thing, which I didn't have a chance to listen to before I knew I was coming on this, this show. But um, I do encourage the peakers to recommend more obscure content, uh, mm-hmm. obscure meaning not from one of the big production houses, just because those are the producers, if they're good, whose work I'd like to highlight. Yeah. So I think, you know, the average podcast listener is quickly going to find the new Gimlet podcast on their own, but yeah. they might not necessarily find, uh, for example, Siku, who is um, one of our our recommenders from she's actually based out of Kenya recently recommended a, a, a podcast that is very good on the experience of LGBT people in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, which is not probably something that you would end up finding out about in through the normal channels. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, it's kind of a platform to get more diverse voices out uh, and more just diverse podcasts out for people who really enjoy consuming podcasts and enjoy learning some of the the great new and different podcasts that are being produced that you wouldn't ordinarily find so it's kind of that's kind of our emphasis is trying to give a voice to some of the more um the more indie type podcasts although we also have recommendations for the more well-established ones as well yeah and to what extent has it changed your own relationship with podcasts to have this site that you know obviously you you edit your executive editor of where these constant stream is coming in with these different recommendations that perhaps wouldn't land on your or on your plate by say an algorithmic means i mean what does your listening look like now that you're um doing peaked yeah i think i am listening to a lot more diverse content than i used to um i also have way too many i'm sure you run into this problem too where you just have too many things that you want to listen to oh. and you can't possibly get to all of them and yeah. also you know be a functioning member of society <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> um, and then some of them are you know like our tastes are different sometimes too so there might be something that someone recommended really highly and i start listening to it and i think this is just rubbish like i don't enjoy it at all one podcast that i was turned on to through peaked that i wouldn't have otherwise discovered is have either of you listened to kerning cultures at all no no podcast about the middle east basically different stories from the middle east but done in a very accessible and very narrative and very thoughtful way because obviously 
in the U.S. and I think to some extent the U.K. as well and Europe in general, the stories about the Middle East are kind of dominated by terrorism, war, all of these very negative topics. And so Korean mm. culture is a much more nuanced approach to reporting from the Middle East from mm. people by people who are from the Middle East. And they have some very charming episodes as well and very well-reported episodes and uh, gives you insight into something you wouldn't otherwise see. And that's, I think, what I like the best about what Peaked can offer is um, you get insight. You know, these are also people who are living in these different countries are recommending the stuff that they're listening to. So um, you're not just going to get recommendations that are coming from the United States. You as well, we should say, are a journalist. And I'm curious to know as to whether you perceive podcasting to hold any particular opportunities for presenting content in a way which is distinct from perhaps uh, another medium like radio or, you know, is there a new way of doing journalism through the medium of podcasts? Well, I think that podcast and radio are pretty similar, um, especially if it's it's like a radio show versus a dedicated podcast show. Sure. What I do like about the trend of podcasting right now, and what I think actually radio general journalism in general offers that print journalism does not, is uh, this level of intimacy, where because you're hearing somebody's voice, you feel closer to the subject, mm -hmm. and there's a level of vulnerability that you can't achieve really through any other means. I don't think that even in television reporting, you know, or video reporting, because people, when when they're just talking, I think feel a bit more comfortable sharing more intimate parts of their lives yeah. without a camera in their face. And, and the, of course, with print, well, well, I mean, and I'm primarily a print reporter at this stage, although I, I really am now very inspired to get into podcasting and radio. It's something that I'm actively working towards right now after, and I think Peaked is partially responsible for that. <laughs> oh, great. Um, but I, I just find that, first of all, I think that it's also, you can listen, it, the fact that you can listen to it while you're doing anything means that you have a new way of, of getting access to stories as a consumer. Right. But then as a reporter... I just think that there's this level of vulnerability and intimacy and an opportunity to tell these very personal stories, but again, contextualize them in, in the context of these larger overriding issues that are very important. But I think that having that, having hearing the voice of somebody, especially when we're talking about, again, like for me, diversity in, in journalism and, and representation of different voices in journalism is really important. And, and there's no more literal way to do that than through radio, where you actually have somebody's voice telling their story directly to you right yeah absolutely i mean i think as well i don't think i'd have known where to go when it was just radio to harness the perspectives of people who perhaps are a little less like me and who you know i i would really be intrigued to see how they navigate their life and and how they feel in particular spaces like there's not always you know a, a place on the radio dial for those things to come forward unnecessarily at a convenient time where I've got time to listen to them. So, yeah, it's certainly done a lot for me as well as a listener. Malia, it's been great to have you on to talk podcasts. I mean, obviously, being such a pro, it's always going to be like a really enriching conversation. But thank you so much for making time. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. And if people want to keep up to date with yourself or, in fact, if they want to get on Peaked and start checking out recommendations, uh, where can they go online? 
Yeah, so they should just go to peaked.com. That's www.piqd. Sorry, let me say that again, www.piqd.com. And you can subscribe to um, any of our channels that interest you and, and get recommendations delivered directly to your inbox every day. Great. And Freddie, if people want to see what we're doing online, where should they be headed? Yeah, sure. So we'll we'll drop a link to Peaked and uh, all the all the shows we've we've talked about in the uh, show notes, which you can find at www.episode.party, um, where you'll find um, all of our all of our previous episodes and, like I say, all of the links to everything we've uh, discussed on the show. And if you want to email us a recommendation, we are hello at episode.party, or you can tweet us. We're at episode underscore party on there. Magic? Okay, well, I think that wraps us up then. Well, thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us, and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.